0: The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How
1: about them, Cowboys?
0: This is the Players' Lounge, broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Newey Scruggs.
1: Day right here all the Players' lines brought to you by Hotels.com. I am Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. Joining me today, Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys safety, our other running buddy, Danny McRae, on paternity leave. His wife gave birth to a beautiful daughter, so he needs to be spending time mm-hmm. welcoming, acclimating himself into the girl club there, Dan. uh, Danny. Danny, we, <laughs> we, we love you. But stay away the rest of the week, and we'll, we'll may, maybe chat with, with, with you on Monday. So, Church, you and I running this thing here. Seattle this week, no 12th man. I can't tell you how big that is that there will be no crowd in Seattle because of the COVID-19 and how this isn't a possible advantage for the cowboys i say possible because their first game of the year was against another nfc west opponent in los angeles against the rams no crowd there cowboys lost by three but you've played there before you tell our our our, our cowboy fans here how tough that atmosphere is with their crowd which they call the 12th man
2: look i i've played up there multiple times in uh, seattle and i'm telling you that 12th man that 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 crowd noise that comes with that stadium it's real and it's a real advantage for Seattle I mean when you're going in there they're already a good team to begin with so when you go into Seattle you first you pull in you're coming through the city you know you got Russell Wilson jerseys all over the city got people got fans yelling and screaming so the atmosphere is already hyped up pulling into Seattle then you go through the tunnels and you get to the locker room and when you come out on the field their stadium is built kind of like it's very vertical so when you come out onto the field it feels like the fans and everybody even the people that are way up in the nosebleed seats it feels like they're just sitting right on top of you and no no matter where you go you just hear this sound this hum this vibration just this kind of electric coming from that from that uh stands in that 12th man so once Seattle gets it going and once they start rolling and Russell Wilson's cooking up as he usually does, I mean, that that, that fan base gets loud and it gets loud in a hurry. So um, I, I say it's an advantage. It's an advantage for, for, the, for Seattle, but not having fans could be an advantage for Dallas. I mean, when you're going out there, you don't have to worry about that 12th man screaming all over the place. You can get into your cadence. You can try to get into your hard count and try to uh, Gain a few yards by bringing one of them off sides or you can go through your communication with your receivers or your running back and then vice versa the defense can go through their communication with the secondary and the linebackers and the D line when there's not that amazing crowd noise going on. So uh, the Cowboys, you know, they they got kind of lucky going up to Seattle this time with no fans and um, hopefully they can take advantage of it.
1: So church give me your top three venues to play in where the crowd was really a factor.
2: Top three venues. I'm gonna have to say, in no particular order, um, Seattle's definitely up there. I mean, I just explained how they, uh, how they're kind of on top of you with that with that vertical stadium. Um, I gotta go with Philly as well. Uh, Philly, it's just the nastiness. Just when you go in there, just fans, just saying all types of stuff, and just, I mean, it's, it's just a real gritty rivalry. So the so that stadium right there, just the fans, just kind of they can overwhelm you if you're getting beat down by Philly over there. And uh, lastly, I gotta say. It's not as big as known as, you know, Seattle or, or Philly, but um, Tennessee. I mean, I played in there a couple times when I was with Jacksonville, and that was a big rivalry in that um, AFC South. So the fans from Tennessee get really hyped when uh, when they go against Jacksonville. And and when I was there, unfortunately, um, you know, Tennessee kind of had a stranglehold on us in that division. So um, their fans were really hyped every time we went up there. But um, those three stadiums, to me, I mean, the fans definitely uh, play a role in the, in the game.
1: All right. So... This is a Seattle team that is rolling on offense. We, we've talked about that. But from a defensive standpoint, Danny, they're not, I, I mean, Danny, Barry, they're not <laughs> real good. And this is where I would love to get Danny's opinion because, you know, Danny's always that contrarian. You know, he's the contrarian yeah. of the show. You know, if we say is, this and is. Danny comes out and he got to go say that. So, so I'm going to roll these out to you, all right, Barry? So you, you just give me yep. your thoughts on this. Seattle's defense is allowing a league-high 585 yards. All right, They are giving up the most explosive plays in the National Football League with 47. They define explosive plays by 10 yards or more. The Cowboys lead the NFL with 41 explosive plays. Now, I would expect Danny to just poo-poo on this, but right now, when I see this, (laughs) when I see these numbers, I say to myself, okay... You had Matt Ryan throw for 400 yards on him. Now they were behind, but still they gave it up. And then you had Cam Newton. Cam Newton is not known for 400-yard days. He had 398, Mm -hmm. so he had almost 400 yards of passing here. So if I'm the Cowboys' offense, despite how dreadful they were against Atlanta in that first quarter, I look at this matchup and say, okay, okay. We, we, we could do something. If we don't shoot ourselves in the foot, they can put up points on this group.
2: Yeah, I mean, like Danny would say, you know, he would poo-poo all over that, talking about garbage yards and all different types of stuff. But yeah. I agree with you. <laughs> I agree with you, uh, Anui. I mean, this defense can be taken advantage of. We've seen what, um, Atlanta, what the Atlanta Falcons were able to do in that week one matchup. Uh, granted, they were down and, you know, Seahawks might have been playing a little prevent there, but they were still giving up those huge explosive plays. And then to your point last week against Cam Newton. Now, this is a guy who's who's never going to be mistaken for Pat Mahoney. Homes when it comes to um, being able to throw the ball over the yard, but um, he went out there and he—I think he threw for what, like 300 and some, 340 something like that, he, oh, and a couple he touchdowns.
1: He had three three ninety
2: eight exactly yeah. three ninety eight against this Seattle defense, who we all know they're not the Legion of Boom, but we didn't think they were going to come into the season like this. And um, Cam Newton was able to pick them apart. I mean, and it's not like you know Cam Newton's out there with Randy Moss, Jerry um, Bryce and somebody else at the slot. He went out there with I think Byrd, Bird, um, Nikhil Harry, a uh, beat up Julian Edelman, um, and you know he had a couple guys at tight end, but he was able to go out there and throw for almost four hundred yards. So with that, you know, with that skill set, and with that that group of receivers that he had, and he was able to do that, uh, I can only imagine, you know, the ceiling for Dak Prescott and these boys has got to be high. Because in my opinion, um, Dak Prescott is a much better thrower of the football than Cam Newton. So, and he has a much better, you know, a much better core of receivers with, you know, um, what was it Michael Gallup, you know, Cooper, and then you got um, the young rookie over there, C. D. Lamb. So I think like the weapons for Dak Prescott are way better than Cam Newton had. And uh, he was able to do that, so I don't see why uh, this offense can't produce high, um, high numbers against this defense if that offensive line is able to hold up against, uh, against Seattle's.
1: I, like many, many people in the media, you spend so much time covering the team you're covering, you focus on them, that you don't really look wide across the league and look at what everyone else has and get that wide view. So when I started looking at the game notes and looking into the numbers here, um, Church, I'm sitting to myself saying, wait a minute, Okay. This Cowboys offense better than I'm thinking. And also, the Seattle defense, while they're 2-0, they definitely have some warts here. Here's some more Seattle numbers. 6.8 yards. The Seattle D is giving up 6.8 yards per attempt on first down. That's 27th in the NFL. And on the flip side, Mm. the Cowboy offense is averaging 6.6 yards on first down, 7th in the NFL. We spoke about trying to make sure you gain time of possession, and we talked about running Ezekiel Elliott. If the Cowboys can win first down, that's your better opportunity to convert third downs and also move the football and keep your defense off the field. So knowing that this is the kind of yardage they're giving up on first down, 6.8. Barry, if you're a coordinator, do you attack them more with the run or the pass? How do you go about trying to you know, get these yards on first down?
2: To me, that that falls right into the laps of Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, yeah, they're you know they're giving up all these passing yards, but I still feel like the engine of this offense is Zeke Elliott. And if they're giving up 6.8 yards on first down. I mean, if we're able to get that run going, and even if we're only averaging four, four and a half yards a carry, that makes third down so much more manageable and so much easier to call. I mean, you got when it's third and five or third and four, you you're you got your whole playbook in front of you versus whether it's third and 10 to third to 15. You got to pretty much condense it and say, ah, Wendy, we'll play the field position battle. But. If they're able to do that, if they're able to get Zeke going and he's averaging four to five yards a pop, I mean, it's basically pick your poison out there. Do you get? do we get hit with Zeke for five on first down or do we get hit with C.D. Gallup, uh, Schultz, you know, Cooper out there for five? I mean, it's it's basically pick your poison. So I feel like we have to develop this run. We have to on first down, let them know, set the tone that hey, we're coming down your throat with. Ezekiel Elliott and then after that we should be able to pick our poison but to me it all starts with the run game
1: I'm going to stay with the run game but I'm going to switch it a little bit more and say if they're giving up that kind of yardage what about some screen passes to Zeke I mean I'm thinking to myself all right yeah I can run it but also mixing some I mean I don't think that Jason Garrett got enough out of Ezekiel Elliott the pass game during his tenure. I would love to see them do that. Um, Seattle did that with Chris Carson, um, especially in the Atlanta game. He ended up with two, two touchdowns. But I just think that this is a real good opportunity to try to spread the Seahawks' defense out, okay? Spread their defense out, and let's figure out a way, get Zeke the ball, and if you're running some basically some wireless you know receive, some running back screens and some bubbles get this guy out here and also we know they got some good linebackers and Bobby Wagner and KJ mm-hmm. right but test them test these guys put Zeke out here on a wheel route let's see if they can sit up here and, and, and go with him i mean look KJ right good bobby I mean, bobby one of the, if you're about a guy putting together a hall of fame resume fine but <laughs> he's still. phenomenal Let me test my guy against your guy because I got a feeling Ezekiel Elliott is going to be able to win his fair share of battles here. I I really would love to see them get Zeke involved in that passing game on first down and also mix in some runs, but they got to vary it here. You know, you can't just do the same old thing against that Seattle defense. They'll clue in on that. So that's what I'm thinking, and I'm hoping that you see some of that on first downs here for the Cowboys.
2: Yeah, you you, you can't go out there and just um, basically – Telegraph everything you're about to do. I think I think you have a good point in there by saying you know you you, you mix up a little bit of the bubble screens. You mix up a little bit of screens with Ezekiel Elliott um, because that's that's a great formula to have. And I feel like that's what the formula we had back in 2014 when we went against those guys. And also I think that's the formula they had when they they won that playoff game. I believe it was 2017 or maybe 18 when the Cowboys played Seattle in the wild card and had won that playoff game that was a similar formula they had they ran the ball well they were able to get the ball to multiple receivers and then they had a lateral game as well they weren't all just throwing shots down the middle of the field in big time vertical passing game they had some lateral game to them and it kind of kept that that uh seattle defense off balance it's similar to what the rams did to us in the first game i mean they kept us off balance they threw threw bubble screens they threw um, you know, quick hitters and three-step drops, and it kept us extremely off balance and it didn't let us use our aggressiveness um, against them. So um, I agree with you. I think we need to keep them off balance, and I think our best bet is with the run and also trickling some uh, some plays here and there to keep them off balance, but we got to do whatever we can um keep this defense off the field.
1: You spoke about the playoff game. That was January 5th, 2019. It was a 24-22 19. wild okay. card win. With uh, Dak Prescott, quarterback in the Cowboys, against Russell Wilson. Now, the last time the Cowboys played up in Seattle, they lost 24 to 13. That was September uh, 23rd of 2018. Dallas four and five all time church up here in seattle so i'm i'm writing as i'm writing my notes down and i'm saying okay i'm feeling a little bit better than i did coming out of the atlantic <laughs> and thinking about seattle and just thinking my gosh you know here's Seattle. russ clearly a uh, mvp candidate right now maybe this team is better you know you know could be playing a super bowl but i start looking at the defense i say they really got some of the same issues that the cowboys have their defense is not where it needs to be and you've got to get that fixed bruce Irvin. What are their defensive ends? Out for the year. And Benson mm-hmm. Baioa, uh, he may not play. He's, he's on the injury list. So it's another one over the uh, D lineman. He's on the injury list. So we'll see exactly where he is right now. The leading sack, sack master on the team is Jamal Adams a safety. So up front, Seattle's <laughs> having their own issues. I went back and started looking at the run numbers here. So when you talk about total defense and rush defense, Seattle is second in the league. When it comes to pass defense, they're dead last at 32, giving up 415 yards in the air. So I'm feeling better, and I think Cowboy fans should feel a little bit better. On the flip side, we're going to take a break. When we come back, let's look at some of the defensive issues for the Cowboys with injuries. And Mike McCarthy said something today about the Cowboy defense, which surprised me, and a little bit of pushback from Cowboy defenders and what Mike Nolan is doing right now after two games. Got a lot to dive into on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Nui Scruggs. He's Barry Church. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating icon. Care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor, see more, do more. Back to the Players' Lounge.
1: All right, coming to see the Cowboys game next weekend, make sure you know before you go, wear a mask, keep distance, and be prepared for cashless transactions. Please be aware of all safe stadium policies prior to arriving at AT AT&T Stadium. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash safe stadium for details. You're in the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. I'm Newy Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by... Former Dallas Cowboys safety, Barry Church. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios. Our other running buddy, Danny McCray, is out. Danny's wife uh, had a beautiful baby this week, so they are enjoying their first child and making all those new adaptions to life because life will <laughs> never be the same, as you well know, Barry Church. Um, oh, yeah. The Girl dad Club as well, the Girl Dad Club as well. It's just, it's, it's just different. You know, they're going to go home and they're bringing someone in <laughs> you know this is different mm-hmm. they're bringing someone in the house um let me ask this <laughs> did you have a dog when you brought home your your first baby did you have a dog oh
2: yeah we had a yeah we had a chocolate lab named coco when uh we had okay. brought our uh, kid back
1: how did the dog how did coco adapt to the baby
2: uh we had brought back so first we brought back like um i I had came back from the hospital with a blanket that um our baby was jordan was um was wrapped in and let her smell it and all that stuff and then when we came in she's a real kind of calm kind of chill dog to begin with so she just came in smelled him a couple times licked him um there was some like nervous she chewed on her paws a little bit um for the first couple couple days but after that i mean she just kind of kind of kind of got along with them and then after a while he started feeding her foods off his plate you know how babies are when they're eating they're all messy throwing food all over the place so she loved them for that and ever since then man they've been best friends
1: yeah i i'll always remember we we brought our kid home and there our dog macy and she's just sniffing the baby putting the basket and and, and became the you know the the guardian became the guardian so uh if my wife was out walking the dog and somebody got near the baby and, and my wife that dog would growl. She would growl because you know, she was mm-hmm. a girl dog. It was just very protective, so that that was kind of cool. So um, I, I'm happy for the McCrays. So it's, it's a great. Oh time yeah, oh and, yeah. And uh, we we don't want to see him back on the show this week, uh, Church. Nah. go ahead and, and, and we can, and, we, can and we can handle so this.
2: We can handle this. So let's <laughs> talk,
1: let's let's jump into the defense here. Uh, let me give you up the, the latest on injuries. Uh, Trevon Diggs is dealing with a shoulder was at oh, uh, the open, open portion of practice um, and then we'll, we'll find out later on if he went through full practice. Tank Lawrence um, just checking out my notes right here he was uh, on the field for the open portion he's dealing with the knee so we'll see exactly, you know, if he gets a full participant in practice uh, later on today when the practice report comes out, and then just his availability. So you've got those two things the Cowboys are dealing with. Oh, by the way, Cheeto Rouzier, in case anybody didn't know, was ruled out uh, multiple weeks by Mike McCarthy yesterday. He's dealing with a hamstring. And here's what I found pretty interesting from the Mike McCarthy press conference today, Church. And that's where Mike says that they needed to simplify the defense. And he said, quote, cut the volume back, meaning Mike Nolan's got too much in his defense that these guys are not processing two weeks in, and they're finally talking about it. And I give Danny McCray credit. He said this was the issue a couple years ago when, when Rob Ryan came in and tried to put in all these complexities of his defense, and it wasn't good. Mike Nolan didn't have OTAs. He didn't have a mini camp. He didn't have a full training camp to put in his defense. And right now, we're seeing dudes think there's too much in the playbook. Your thoughts?
2: Yeah, I mean, I gotta give credit to Danny on this one, man. He 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 was uh, right on the right on the button with this one. And it was a couple weeks back. I mean, um, when you don't have OTAs and when you don't have minicamp and your training camp is abbreviated with no, you know, preseason games. It, it gets kind of hard, especially with a whole new defensive system coming in with new terminology. Uh, we were throwing it back and forth. If we didn't know they were going to go three, four or four, three, um, you had a couple guys switching positions out there. So it, it can be hard. And especially with a defense like Mike Nolan's, who is pretty complex with it. So um, I, I mean, and you gotta, you gotta listen to your players. I mean, cause those are the guys that are on the field. So if the players are saying, Hey, we need to dial it back a little bit. We need to, um, get the terminology down a little bit, so we can get a better understanding. I think that'll pay off dividends because if you're a defensive player and you're going out on that field and you're thinking too much, if you're if you're on the field saying, "Man, do I gotta..." Do i got three vertical or do i got to push through the flat on this one or man is it my turn to blitz you're gonna play extremely slow out there and and it's been looking that way with this cowboys defense the first couple weeks so if they're able to dial it down a little bit allow your players to play fast without even thinking just knowing bam i got this or bam i gotta lock this guy up or i gotta hit this this run gap then it'll allow those players to just use their talents instead of just thinking about it too much and slowing them down. They'll use their talents, they'll go out there and they'll play a lot faster. And I promise you'll, you'll have a better results if that's the case. So um, I agree with Jalen and those boys. If it's if it's too much, the coordinator, Mike Nolan, in this instance, he got to listen to his players because they're the ones that are on the field getting the work done. So he got to dial it back. You can't just go out there and have your players thinking way too much because they'll play slow and they'll play will be affected.
1: Everson Griffin told the media that he's a three-point stance guy. We've seen the Cowboys try to mix in some three-four principles versus the four-three. Tank Lawrence's best years have come with his hand in the dirt. Same with Everson Griffin. Mm-hmm. And, and so apparently the conversations have been do you try and just go back to that 4-3, do what your guys do best? Instead of you trying to fit your scheme, them fit, you know, them fit your scheme, maybe you fit mm-hmm. more of what they do. Because right now, you start looking at the stats here, the Cowboys have two sacks and seven quarterback uh, hits, and they've got just 14 quarterback pressures, which is tied for 20th in the NFL. They're not where they need to be. And if you can't get to Matt Ryan but just one time, Uh, good luck dealing with Russell Wilson this week because he's a whole different animal and they only got to Jared Goff of the Rams one time and we saw both of those quarterbacks by the way use their ability on third downs with their legs to pick them up so yeah um, yeah, there's some issues here man
2: oh yeah I mean and Look, they need to do whatever they need possible to generate a rush. And I don't care if they got to stand on their hands and do backflips to get to the quarterback. Whatever they got to do, they got to figure out something to generate some type of pass rush because we just haven't been seeing it lately. And um, if, it, if it takes it going back to what they're comfortable with in the three-point stance, which I always thought that was confusing for a defensive lineman in, in a stand-up position. I mean, if you're in a 3-4, I can understand that because uh, you half of the time you're buzzing out to the flat. So you got to kind of be upright. But if you're in a four-three and you're a defensive end, hand in the dirt, man, because you are starting off low. Your get-off is already low, and that gives you an advantage over that the de- offensive lineman. So um, if they got to do that to get that w- whatever they need to do to get back to getting that pass rush going, they have to get it done. If that's three-point stance, then let it be three-point stance. Whatever they're comfortable with, to just get after the quarterback, man. That, that's the only thing I need this defensive line to do.
1: When you say get after the quarterback, and I'm thinking of your Jacksonville teams that you played on where, where you guys rolled mm-hmm. up a lot of sacks there. When you face someone like Russell Wilson, is it the same type of mentality about sacks? Or is it more about trying to contain? Because you know he can oh, use his legs as such a weapon. How, how do you view sacks when you face a guy like this?
2: Oh, without a doubt, it's going to be contained. Um, He's not like a statue back there. He's not a Tom Brady or or Peyton Manning or Ben Roethlisberger, guys that are just kind of statue guys back there. This guy can move, and he can move the pocket. And if you're going out there thinking, "Oh, I can take this inside release, give up contain, because I'll be able to chase him down," that and that's called hero ball, and that'll get you beat. So if you're if you're a defensive lineman in this situation. I know I say get after the quarterback, but you got to do it smartly. If you're a defensive end and you have contained, get as much pass rush as you can while still keeping that leverage outside. Because once he gets outside, once he uses that patented spin out technique that he uses and gets out of the pocket, all bets are off then. I mean, the way this offense works with Lockett, with Metcalf, I mean, they can go deep shots at. I mean, it's just you just can't do it. So you have to keep this guy contained. Make him play from the pocket. I know he can do that. He's a good enough quarterback to be able to play from the pocket. But if you condense that pocket, do not give him run lanes. I think you'll have a better shot at uh, defending Russell Wilson and just getting your hands up. I mean, this guy isn't, you know, a six, five, six, eight quarterback or six, five, six, six quarterback back there. He's not um, you know Tom Brady or, or Matt Ryan back there. He's a he's a shorter guy. He's a he's a breeze type guy. So if you can get that front push, if you can keep contained and your front, your your interior part of your defensive line can get that push, make it hard for him to see over. I think you have pretty much you'll have, you'll have some success against him, but you gotta keep him contained.
1: All right, let's step back here into the offense. Amari Cooper, who had a hundred yard game against Atlanta, said that. Going into that game, he had foot issues. He he had an issue with it, and he says he's fine okay. now. And uh, what he did say was, "quote wasn't at full speed against Atlanta." So he says he's ready to go full speed against the uh, the, the Seattle Seahawks. And to me, when you look at the fact that Seattle's dead last in passing, if Amari Cooper could get a hundred yards last week and he wasn't ready to go, you gotta you you have to feel good if we take him at his word that he's ready to go here, because if he is. Better than he was last week, and we saw C. D. Lamb get a hundred. I gotta believe this will be the Michael Gallup breakout game because Seattle okay. can't. I mean, somebody's gonna get some one-on-one here, and this might be that week for Michael Gallup. And if you've got your fantasy team and you've had Gallup there and you've been waiting, 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 this might be it. This might be that week for. I'm calling it right now. Michael okay. Gallup is the receipt Michael Gallup is the guy with the big plays this week. He's the guy you're gonna look at and say, okay, okay. I mean, if you're gonna have anybody match. Tyler Lockett, because Tyler can make you know, he can make some explosive plays. His numbers with oh, the yeah. Cowboys the past two times he played is really good. It's gotta be Gallup, in my opinion. Take advantage of the one-on-one matchup. Because I also believe that Pete Carroll's go, and Ken Norton go dial up some blitzes. They're gonna try and get after that mm-hmm. with this offensive line. So I think Gallup can be that guy that when they gotta get a couple hot rats out here, look for thirteen. Your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, for me. Gallup could be that guy, because I'm sure Cooper's going to get a lot of attention. But first, first let me talk about Cooper for a second. Cooper, hopefully, you know, it was was just a foot issue, and he's able to get over that. And he's not reverting back to that last year where he was, you know, a missing person for away games. Because we need this guy to show up immensely for this game. So hopefully he doesn't, you know, pull this missing guy routine when he goes to away games. But you could be right about this Gallup situation. Seeing as though Pete is going to dial up a lot of blitzes with this patchwork offensive line that we have going on here. This could be a, a great situation for Gallup, who's great at winning those 50-50 jump type balls. If we can throw up a couple of those to him and get in, I'm, I'm sure he won't be going against their top corner, who I think and I believe is Shaquille Griffin. He shouldn't be going against him. So he should have a um, pretty good opportunity against Dunbar over there for those 50-50 balls. But for me, I think this is gonna be another game where CD Lamb takes that next step. I mean, we saw it last week where, or the first week where he had a couple catches, but they limited hit they limited his yards after the catch against the Rams. I mean, he was getting tossed around there as soon as he caught the ball. The very next week in Atlanta, you saw a tick in that, a tick up in that um, yards after catch round, And he was able to make guys miss. He was able to kick some yards after those catch. And I think this third week is a week for CD to do that as well. I mean, you had those two corners on the outside and on the interior. We saw, I mean, Jamal Adams, he's in on that interior coverage as well, and he's not the best cover safety there is. So when it comes to interior coverage, I think C.D. Lamb can take advantage of this, and I think he'll be able to uh, get a lot more yards after the catch, and hopefully uh, this Cowboys offense can um, roll up the numbers against the Seattle defense.
1: All right, let me defend Amari Cooper because you go back (laughs) and look. Let's look at the first game of the year, road game against the L.A. Rams. Ten catches, 81 yards.
2: Uh, yeah I, I get it he, you know he had his receptions but I feel like there was no impact there I mean it was I feel like it was, my, it was 10, maybe 10 hitches he caught out there for 8 yards off. I mean there was no real impact um, like, he, like we saw against Atlanta when he had that Fifty-some yarder in the middle of the field, or when he had those big-time catches. So um, that first game, I'll give it to you. He played a little bit better than he did in, in years past in away games. But I just need that impact that he has in home games, in away games as well. I need him to be that complete receiver.
1: Okay, so last week, six catches, one hundred yards. So four less mm-hmm. catches, but you know, 20, twenty-one more yards. So, so I mean, nineteen more yards. So to, to me, the performance is are basically a little even. Now, I didn't dive into, you know, how many of those balls were moving the sticks, you know, and and, and, and I don't Mm -hmm. know how explosive the plays were, but I don't feel like Amari Cooper, these first two games, is a problem. I think they're fine. Um, Is he DK Metcalf? No, no, D.K. Metcalf is playing really well. (laughs) He's playing better than Mark (laughs) Cooper. But but, but right now, there are not many receivers who are connected with their quarterback like that. But I don't have any issues with with him. Look, he's earning his $100 million. He's earning his $100 million. When I look at the other $100 million guy on the team right now, Tank Lawrence, he's not (laughs) earning his $100 million. Tank has not had a full sack since week eight of last year. Let that Ooh, sink. That's not going. Yeah, that's not going to add up one well, man. That's, full sack, man. This is mm. not what you paid for. When you accept that bag, and this is where Danny's not around here, because Danny always wanted to argue with me about this. When you take the bag, I need you to put up the numbers.
2: <laughs> that's it. That's the name of the game.
1: Guy. Right? Tank's not been that guy. I mean, Aaron Donald asked for the bag. They gave Aaron Donald the bag, and what we see week one. And look
2: look what, what he did. Yeah. <laughs> he was. That he was guy. throwing Zeke into, into that. He was throwing Zach Martin all over the place. He was that guy creating pressure. And like I said a couple weeks ago, for this defense to be the defense we think it's going to be, it's going to have to rely on that on that front and that defensive line. And we can't have, as much as I like what Alden Smith has been doing um, these first couple weeks, if this defense wants to be the top-notch defense it can be, we can't have Alden Smith being its premium pass rusher. We can't have that being the top pass rusher. We need Demarcus Lawrence, the $21 million man. We need this guy to generate some pass rush, whether it's, you know, quarterback hurries, quarterback hits, you know, splash plays. We need something from him in order for this defense to, to reach the heights it needs to.
1: At the end of the day, when you take that kind of money, you just take Alden Smith is the mac and cheese. The mac and cheese can't be the overpowered part of the dinner. You want the steak to be the main attraction, and that's what Tank has to do. Your best players have to show up, and the Cowboys need him to do it. I know he's dealing with a knee injury. I don't even know if he'll play yet. I mean, that's still to be determined. Babe Laufenberg was watching the film, Babe Laufenberg, the Cowboys radio network, uh, said the Tank was out there on one leg and probably should have been pulled. So I don't know the extent of the knee injury and if he's even going to be there. But if he's not there and you have to go with Everson Griffin and Alden Smith, fine. So be it. But the message of what I'm saying in terms of Tank needing to deliver more, I said it all summer long, and I'm going to keep saying it because it's fair. And I go back to Amari Cooper. You know, you sat up there and you were like, well, nah, man, he's earning his part. He's doing his part. Okay? Especially when you think about the offensive line problems. He's doing his part. You take this back, I need you to do your part. Ezekiel Elliott, all right, came the highest-paid running back in the league last year. He's been surpassed, but he's doing his part. So when you want this cash, I need you to perform. Dak Prescott's earning $31.4 million this year. Through two games, Dak Prescott's doing his part. So when we're going down the list and we're looking at guys, we need to also look at number 90, Tank Lawrence, because if the team is going to go where we want it to go, they need him there to do it. Got to take another break here. Want to dive into Dak Prescott versus Russell Wilson. How does a guy, how do quarterbacks view matchups, even though they're facing the defenses, but how do they view going up against another guy? I want to get Church's thoughts on this because he was a safety and he dealt against those quarterbacks and dealt with these guys and and just their emotional feelings as they go up and face the other top players. We'll do that next right here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com.
0: And your favorite football team.
3: Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com.
0: Your new apartment's big. Such a great deal. Eh,
3: uh, it's okay.
0: Just okay? What's not too. right above the subway! Well, I bet you don't even notice it after the... That's my neighbor, Angus! A deal that's just okay
3: is not okay. Get a great deal with America's Best Network. Come into an AT&T store to find out how to get one of our popular smartphones for $0 down. Based on GWS1 score, September 2019. To Dallas's frontline responders, thank you. To show its gratitude, Tide is offering free laundry services in Dallas to the families of frontline responders. Simply bring your laundry and your identification to Tide Cleaners, and they will wash it within two days. One thing less for you to worry about. While you take care of us all, Tide will take care of the laundry for the families of frontline responders. To learn more and find a location near you, visit hope.tidecleaners.com.
0: To the players' lounge.
1: Cowboys single game tickets versus Cleveland. Get your tickets now to see the Cowboys take on the Cleveland Browns when they return to AT&T Stadium on Sunday, October fourth. A limited number of tickets are on sale now. Get yours at dallascowboys.com/slash tickets. All right, I'm Dewey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by Barry Church, longtime cow, former Cowboys safety, uh, with the team. For a number of years before he got that huge contract going down to Jacksonville, <laughs> and out of Church, because you must.
2: Hey, it's all about must the duckets, man. While
1: you can, exactly, you must. <laughs> you, you get paid while you can, because I, I was looking at the, our friend Byron Jones, who left to become the highest-paid cornerback in NFL history with Miami. I think that lasted yeah. about two weeks, two weeks before Darius Clay got there. <laughs> but. He was hurt yesterday. He got hurt yes. I'm not yesterday. He got hurt uh, on the, in the Dolphins' last game and ended up leaving the field. I haven't checked to see what his status is. But to me, when I saw that, I said, "Man, that's why you go and get what you can now." Because in this game, uh, injuries are going to happen. There's a 100% casualty rate in the NFL. Sooner or later, you are going to get hurt. So you got to take the advantage of these opportunities while you can. I know Bill Belichick, for years, has made made his living off getting guys to take less pay. But, uh, yeah, no. When your time comes to, to ring that bell for the dollars, go ring that bell and get your dollars. <laughs> take it and run.
2: Take it and yes. run. <laughs> Be,
1: because we know in the NFL, when the team is done with you, they'll cut you oh
2: without They'd a question
1: all day long they cut you man so, without a, so you... without
2: a without a second thought you know they'll, they'll say hey he he had 10 less 10 less uh tackles than he had the year before he's over the age of 30 oh, it's time to go that's why you gotta get your money as soon as you can i don't care what anybody tells you talk about take less so the other team can get more players Man, look, them other players ain't paying your rent once you get out of the league or they ain't paying your bills. So get all the money you can. Get all the ducats you can. And don't look back.
1: All right. Speaking of money, Dak Prescott uh, is he's got a one year deal. So it's thirty one million dollars on the franchise tag. The Cowboys can tag him next year. And if they do, it's, uh, the pay will be thirty seven million dollars. He's facing mm-hmm. Russell Wilson on Sunday in Seattle. Uh, People don't talk about this enough, in my opinion, but when the Cowboys went up against Seattle in the wild card game, Dak Prescott got his first and only victory as an NFL player against Russ and the Seahawks. It was a 24-22 game back in January 2019. So how do you think a quarterback like Dak Prescott weighs the opportunity to go up against Russell Wilson, who a lot of people right now are saying is the MVP of the league after two weeks?
2: I mean, without a question in my mind, I mean, he's going to treat it like any other player would um, against the opposing team's position that has the same as is. I mean, he's going to take it personally. I mean, all those matchups you think, you know, Tom Brady versus Peyton Manning, Brett Favre versus uh, Steve Young. You think all those matchups, you know, they didn't really mean anything personally to them. I, you know, I, I think otherwise, I think um, Dak Prescott's looking at this game like, hey, if I can go out there and I'll perform, you know, Russell Wilson people start clamoring me as, you know, hey, maybe I got that MVP nod coming my way. So for me personally, I'm always looking at the other safeties. I'm always looking when I had to play against Seattle. Let me see what can let me try if I can if I can outperform Cam Chancellor or Earl Thomas or if I'm playing against, you know, somebody else who has a high high price safety. Let me see if he's all that. Let me see if I can outplay him. So I guarantee you quarterback position is no different. Um, they go out there and they, they compare numbers to each other. They sit there and say, oh, this guy threw 30 touchdowns this year. I threw 31. I must be better. So I, without a question, think the quarterback position is no different from any other position. They're always comparing themselves to the opposing team's position. So I think Dak takes his personal, and um, I think he's going to get after Russell on this one.
1: Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. Let me ask this question. Your former team, the Jaguars, are playing tonight on Thursday night football against the Miami Dolphins. DJ Chark is out for this football game with a chest injury, killing my fantasy team. So
2: who wins this Ooh. game today? Look, um, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, man. I think Jacksonville pulls this one out. Um, after watching their first two games, they Gardner they got something to him back there. I mean, we all know, you know, early in the season, everybody was saying how they're tanking, you know, they got rid of a lot of their players right. and then they got rid of Fournette and, you know, we're tanking to get Trevor Lawrence, but I mean, I gotta give kudos to you uh, down there. I mean, he's sitting there saying, "Nah, we're." He's been saying since yep. the beginning of the season, "Like, like, no, we're not. You know, we're not tanking. We're not giving anything up. We still believe in this season, and we still believe in what we got." And he's been performing well these first two weeks. I mean, the first game, I think he only missed one pass. So he's been doing great with what they have down there. Um, they got a lot of receivers out there. DJ Chark is one of their main ones, but he's out this week. And unfortunately, I mean, for you, but fortunately for me, that kind of helps because I had the young rookie uh, from Colorado as his... uh as my replacement for him on my fantasy team but
1: uh, overall
2: man yeah yes yes indeed so overall i think the jaguars pulled this one out Um, defensively they're nowhere near what they were um, years ago back in 2017 but um they still can put up a fight and you know i wouldn't be surprised if they you know railed off a couple and they might end up winning this afc south even though everybody looked at them thinking uh they're nothing they're just a tank team so i got jacksonville in this one plus i don't see anything from fitz magic this week um maybe two, maybe two will get an appearance, but we'll see. But uh, overall I got Jacksonville in this one.
1: I, 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 not so fast. Ooh, I know, okay. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick is skittish, okay? I know he's skittish. But skittish. Thursday night foot. Thursday night, yes, I say skittish. You know, <laughs> first week wasn't good, but last week he was a good football player. Jackson Okay, this, all right. this, is, this isn't the Steelers, okay? It's not the Steelers, and you know, so so I'm just going to say I, I think I'm looking for a close game tonight, and I give I a think... lot of credit to Jay Gruden and how he's developed Minshew here, but Chan Gailey and the offense I thought improved last week. To me, I'm worried about the defensive side of football here for, for Miami. You know, how, how, can these guys make make it uncomfortable for Minshew because you know, the kid has played well, he's got confidence here, but I'm just uh, I think they're, they're out both them. of
2: their corners. I, they're out, uh Xavier Howard, I believe, and um Byron Jones.
1: Oh, okay, my bad.
2: <laughs> go jazz. Go jazz. <laughs> go jazz. You don't you go yeah, you don't believe in that, that fits magic? You
1: don't think he's gonna pull some uh some Harvard, you know, lessons out there somebody? <laughs> I, 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 I think they'll be able to find, you know, especially what he was doing with his tight end Jasicki last week, I think they'll be able to score. But if you if you're you have two corners out against uh, uh against this team, Jay Gruden's gonna find a way to get it out there. I, I really believe oh, yeah. Jay Gruden. I don't think Jay Gruden gets enough credit for how he took Kirk Cousins. Remember now, he benched Robert Griffin. He was like, look, this is not the guy. He convinced Daniel Snyder to bench Robert Griffin. They went with Kirk Cousins and They won some games with Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins got paid. This was off Jay Gruden's work. It's off Jay Gruden's work. I mean, he's taken some just dudes and been able to play well with them. And I'll tell you another thing that I don't believe people give Jay Gruden enough credit for. He had Sean McVay there. Sean was his offensive coordinator before he got the Rams job. So Jay Jay understands football. He had Andy Dalton in uh, Cincinnati. They were making the playoffs, and he'd been to some Pro Bowl. So when it comes to just working with quarterbacks and offensive plays, I think Jay Gruden's good. I think Jay doesn't run the football enough. That's been my problem with Jay. <laughs> but here in Jacksonville, under Doug Marone, we are seeing them run the football with that rookie who they said was a good player. They cut Leonard Fournette, and they're not missing Leonard Fournette at all. So I, I look at what they've done so far, and I say A+. Because I thought this Jacksonville team was going to be a straight dog this year,
2: yeah, you and me both, um, you know, and that was probably a little bit of me just hating, but I thought for sure they were going to be uh, just dogs out there they're going to be in the in the uh, Trevor Lawrence Justin fields running for the uh, for the draft, um, but like I said, that was probably me just hating, but um, this team, like you said, they haven't missed a step without releasing all those players. I mean, and, and most mm-hmm. importantly for net, they let him go. And that rookie out there, I mean, I saw him hurdling people week one. I mean, he looks pretty impressive. So I think they're doing it by kind of a running back by committee, but it's working so far. And uh, the only thing I the only thing I can well, think of is good. can they he has been he's been extremely good. And can they maintain it, though? Can they maintain it throughout? 16 games we, we shall see but uh right now they got that momentum going and uh as they say meant magic is real down there in jacksonville okay,
1: okay i come and say this all year long i think that's asking a bit much especially mm-hmm. if they get into the injury bug that other people do but if this is a team that wins seven or eight games i think they got to give consideration to keeping doug marone because what oh yeah started off as, as a foregone conclusion if this team is able to do that and you're doing it here in COVID with all the issues that they've had here. I've got to say, if I'm Shy Khan, maybe the head coach isn't the issue. Maybe it's the guy who's picking the football players for your team. And David oh, yeah. Caldwell, maybe that's the problem here. But yeah,
2: we got a long way he, to go,
1: man. We got a long way to
2: go. Yeah. Film. This is true. This is true. Man, all he needs—if he—if he wins six games this this year, I think it'll be a win, and I think he'll keep his job. Especially with all those players they let go these past couple years, I think uh, if he just wins six, he'll be there. And I think Dave Caldwell might uh, might be gone, but we shall see. Like you said, we got a long way to go.
1: But I'll, and, and throw this out here too. Let's go look at Matt Patricia with the Lions. That thing looks like a pure mess that's happening out there. Adam yeah. Gates with the Jets—they don't look like they have oh. a clue. You've at least said, okay, your Gardner Minshew's been developed. They've got Sam Darnold out there with New York. Adam Gates you know, p- parades himself around as a quarterback guru. I think Darnold's mm. regressed. He doesn't look as oh. good as he did at USC. So that's without what I'm a question. Yeah, right man. That so when I look at what Jacksonville's doing, I got to tip my hat and say, you know what, guys, so far, so good. Let's see how far it goes here. Man, time flies when you're having fun, church. That's the show for today. Uh, <laughs> Let's get into our predictions for, um, the Seahawks-Cowboys game tomorrow. You and I both had the Cowboys winning. You were on point with your point totals. You had them up in the 30s. I had it in the 20s. So we'll, we'll get our predictions out there and see where we go. But And we'll have to just text Danny and get his prediction. He was wrong last week <laughs> picking Atlanta. So we'll at least get Danny's prediction and we'll keep our tally here as we uh, we, we go through this season here. Right now you and I are both 1-1 one because one we had the Cowboys beating the Rams. So we're 1-1. and okay. one. Uh, Danny oh, and 2 So there we go. There we go. <laughs> this has oh, been the Players' man. Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. He's Barry Church. I'm Nui We'll talk to you tomorrow at 2.30 p.m. Central Time right here on DallasCowboys.com Radio.
0: This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!